Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I'm your boy, Stevie Jobber. And I'm your boy, Dangerous Duke. And welcome back to the Dangerous Jobbers podcast. We've been doing this for a while, man. Yeah, that we have. And uh, I think we've developed a solid formula. Yeah. Just going yeah. over the reviews. Yeah, for real. And uh, first step in the formula is, of course, the wrestler of the pod. Uh, before we jump into the wrestler of the pod, yes. I do have to address an elephant that's in the room. Okay. All right. So last week, we unfortunately had a circumstance where we had to get rid of some people because of budget cuts. Oh, yes, the budget cuts. Um, and a lot of the fans didn't like that so much. So Damn we spoke we spoke to the higher-ups. We came to a compromise. And we were able to welcome back the following people that were future endeavors. Fetz Frequency, Dita Toy Hunter, Reckless Pops, Mrs. Jobber, and the guy from Catering. Yes. And Bobby Rassels. Bobby. The only person we had we couldn't bring back was Jake from State Farm. He 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 was too far out of the budget. God damn it. So Jake, sorry, you're still future endeavored, but glad to have everybody else back in the mix. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, since everybody's back in the mix and we got them back on our side, now we're going to kick it off with how we always kick it off, the wrestler of the pod. Now, this week, wrestler of the pod is a man with 20 years experience in the wrestling world. Okay. And he has quite a, a, quite a few titles from quite a few different countries. He's wrestled in America. Mexico, Canada, mm -hmm. Qatar, Germany, mm -hmm. the UK, and he's got numerous titles all over the place. Former XPW tag champion, former UWA heavyweight champion, former Lucha Underground trios champion. Oh, boy. Matt Cross. Okay, Matt Cross. Now, Matt Cross is an amazing talent. He's a great ground-and-pound person. He's also a great high flyer. But the reason he's be he has become the wrestler of the pod this week is because in round seven, round seven, excuse me, of the MLW Open Draft, they announced that they have signed Matt Cross exclusively to MLW. Mad Dog Matt Cross. He was in the final round of, of uh, signings that came to MLW. So he gets a big notch from us today. Matt Cross, if you haven't checked him out, you definitely got to check that man out because he's something special. Okay, that is who I think it is. From Lucha Underground, he was the son of Havoc. Yes. Ah, uh, okay. That's a big, yes. that's a big name then. Mm -hmm. MLW just got somebody really, really good. Yep, this is another one of the people that were in the performance center that they didn't have anything for, that they dropped the ball with. So now that's a, MLW, Yeah, that's a fucking ball drop. Son of Havoc is a monster. Yeah, so now MLW oh, is bringing, bringing him into the fold. Yeah, he was Trio's champ with, I think, uh, Angelico and uh, Ivelisse. Yep, that's exactly who it is. Oh, that was a good dude, man. Mm -hmm. They dropped the Tw ball. 2017 High Flyer of the Year with Lucha Underground. Matt Cross is amazing. 
Uh-huh. All right, Mad Dog. It's gonna be a good. Uh, it's gonna be a good uh, next few months. Mm-hmm. I know they'll be starting to step up. Okay, Mad Dog. Now, I want to. Now, the reason that we that I'm talking about Matt Cross, and the reason I'm so excited for it is because now that he's there. MLW just recently had a show in our city on July 10th. Now, unfortunately, we weren't able to attend, but yeah, sadly, but they also just announced MLW Fightland is going to be at the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia Let's on October go. 2nd. Let's go. So we might have to figure out when those tickets go up and jump on them real quick. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe we can get a couple people in on that action with us. Maybe we can get uh, Reckless Pops and Bobby Rash was in on the action, too. Yeah, that would be dope, man. That'd be dope. Yeah, so MLW coming back to the city of brotherly love. Might have to have some roll-ups, some roll-ups outside the arena for that 24-7 championship. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that, that's going to be a tough one. We're going to have... We are going to have one hell of a time trying to win and defend that title at an MLW show. Yep. So too many fans. Too many fans. Dude, you never know. Maybe Jordan Oliver might get in on the action or Myron Oh, Reed. my God. We never or know maybe, when we win the titles back. They'd be yeah, gone forever. Or maybe Fatu uh, jumps on one of us and becomes a double champ. Well, hopefully he jumps on you. I don't, uh, uh, I don't want hey, that man. kind of trouble. Dude, if he jumps on me, I got to defend myself with all my might. It might not be great, but hey, I got to go down swinging. Oh, yeah. Mick Foley takes a licking and keeps on ticking, as he always <laughs> said. Shit, speaking of people, yeah. <laughs> Take a licking and keep on ticking, man. That fight last night. Um, Jesus, shout out to that guy. Um, <laughs> moving on, because we got to stay in wrestling. Um... In NWA news, I have just a couple things. One of them is actually they were both pretty interesting to me. Um, Mr. Anderson recently fought Eli Drake this past week on okay. NWA. They had a good solid match. Um, but the main event of the show was uh for the recently vacated uh nwa national heavyweight championship um now my favorite during they've had a whole tournament to crown the new champ and the main event was jtg versus chris masters uh now known as chris adonis and although i had jtg as a shoe-in to win He's really legitimized himself as like a pure wrestler mm. uh, since leaving WWE. Um, Chris Adonis won and became the new NWA champion. Um, new NWA national heavyweight champion. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. And um, although my my vote was for JTG, they had a great match, and I got to say, Chris Adonis, as far as the classic uh, NWA look, really has it, even though I think JTG has it as well. But Adonis, um, with that old-school championship, because I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like the whole set, like they actually have North America on the belt. Yeah. And everything. It fits his uh, look 
it fits his his uh his build you know his uh you know his whole yeah yeah that that like strong man type of look it really it really works towards his character so happy for chris adonis i hope they run it back eventually because i would love to see jtg's uh nwa national heavyweight champion but yeah, big I mean, news because that's two that's that's now two really good champions to look at you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. not um i'm i'm more interested in um their mid card title now than i was yeah. you know and and like you said uh since jtg left wwe he really you know honed his craft and become a a uh, formidable single star more than just a character mm-hmm. and and i could say the same thing for chris adonis uh while he was in wwe you know obviously he had the master lock but everybody was more focused on this like you know uh chiseled uh chiseled from marble type of character mm-hmm. and since he hit the indies i mean he still kept that but now you're more focused on him in the ring as opposed to just his gimmick yeah so he's another one. So I don't mind either one of them fighting for that type of title. Yeah. So it, I, I hope they run it back because it, it really, it really fits both of their characters. I'm wondering who else they have in that card. Like Anderson, great. Mm-hmm. Um, Eli Drake, I think, isn't he also in AEW? Wasn't he just recently fighting uh, Darby Allen, or am I thinking of Ethan Page? I'm thinking of Ethan Page. All ego, Ethan Page. Yes, yes, you're thinking of Ethan Page, yeah. Um, But Eli Drake's a good one. Mr. Anderson, I've always thought, is a good one. Um, The Pope is still there, so Mm -hmm. I don't even know if the Pope is wrestling, but he he might be there as a personality now, but um, if he is still wrestling, that's always a great one. I've I've always liked the Pope. Um, but yeah, they, they, I mean, it, it really it, having a solid champion like Masters or Adonis really puts a good spotlight on their mid card division. So, because and mm-hmm. I think it's it's probably going to be more interesting, I would guess, because it's more to focus on because you never know who that champion is going to be. Like as far as the NWA Heavyweight Title, I don't even know who's taking that off of uh, off of um, Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis. Yeah, and as far as I'm concerned, he's going to be champion forever. Yeah, I um, mean, at, at this rate, it feels like he's been the the NWA champion since we've been in middle school. Yeah, like seriously. So, like, you know, so for 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 that title, it's less interesting almost because he's so successful as champ, mm-hmm. and you really can't see anybody like they brought Trevor Murdoch up again, but. I don't know. I can't see it. So I really don't see anybody taking that belt off of him um, since Cody Rhodes. So, you know, it it makes you focus a little bit more on the mid card. It now becomes kind of like the Intercontinental title back in the day. So I'm interested to see where they go from here now that they have a face. Um, In other news, uh, the ESPYs happened. And the best WWE moment was awarded to uh, none other than the main event of night one of WrestleMania, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Golf clap. Matter of fact, not even golf clap. Big clap. Big clap. Big clap. Big clap. They deserved it, man. Yeah, they I mean, deserved there, it. in my eyes, there really wasn't many other formidable choices for a moment of the year. Like, they're, yeah. especially in a 
in a year of wrestling where it hasn't really been the greatest. Yeah, to say the least. That's probably the best moment that there is. I mean, I think the next closest would probably be uh, Roman when when he came back and attacked the Fiend and Braun Strowman. Yeah, yeah. That that might be. But even then, that was kind of like a relief moment more than like a fantastic event, you know. Yeah, I mean, aside from that, there really hasn't been many, you know, crazy moments or great moments. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they earned it. They, you know, they're the first women to, no, not the first woman. Um, Because there there was one other match, that triple threat match, but that was, you know. Um, But they main evented, they main evented at WrestleMania. They were, Um, I think they were both the first um, African-American women to main event WrestleMania. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and, and that, so, that that was the that was the moment that was of high significance for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I, the crazy thing was, it, knowing what the main event was going to be, they were really the only choice. Like they had to close. Honestly, the yeah. they had the better match. Yeah, they had the I, better story. It was just more significant. The buildup was better too. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Like at, like at first, you know, when when it came to the Royal Rumble and the final two were Ripley and Bianca, I was upset. Like I wasn't, you know, mad, but I was just I kind of wanted Rhea to win. Yeah. And and now looking back on it, seeing the match, seeing how it all unfolded all the way through, I'm like, yeah, all right, the, the right person won at the mm-hmm. Royal Rumble. Yeah. So I can own up to that and be like, all right, yeah, you know what? I was wrong in that instance. They did pick the right person to win the Rumble because the story was better anyway. Yeah, and to see just the uh, uh, the emotion from the fans and from them, like from the bell ringing and them like having to hold back tears to really I was gonna put say, together. You, I was going to say, you could see it in both their faces. Bianca didn't like, and this is no knock to her. She didn't do a good job holding in the emotion. Sasha was trying to hold it in. I think she did a little bit of a better job than Bianca did, but at least until the end of the match. At the yeah. end of the match, Sasha Sasha showed her emotion. Yeah, but it, it was a it was a really you know it was a never done before. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you know you had to take time to take it in before you go to work. But yeah, yeah, they they earned that. They earned yeah. that, man. So it's good to see. I didn't even know the ESPYS cared about WWE. So. <laughs> I think it. I think it's more of like the last couple years type of thing because I think last year was a. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think the moment of the year was Roman returning from. Uh, Cancer. Yeah. 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 Which is also a big moment mm-hmm. for everybody. Um. So that was awesome. Just wanted to quick mention that. Um. And I think Sasha's ready for a comeback, but I'm sure they're holding that till SummerSlam. Yeah. Um, tell us about what happened with Diana Perrazzo this last week. Oh, okay. So, for those of you who don't know, um, Slammiversary for Impact is coming up very soon. And normally, that's around the time Impact does, you know, debuts or returns and things of that sort. Well, this week, they had a, a little bit of a special return before the pay-per-view. Uh, probably the greatest TNA Impact knockout of all time. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gail Kim showed up, 
and Deanna Peraza was expecting Gail Kim to announce herself as a challenger for the women's title. But that wasn't the case because Gail Kim simply returned to, you know, acknowledge that Deanna Perrazzo is as great as advertised, maybe even greater. And, In her opinion. Yeah, and to tell her that as great as she is, she needs a great opponent. Yeah. So Gail Kim is going to be returning again at Slammiversary to announce Deanna Perrazzo's mystery opponent. Um, this is kind of interesting because this is normally around the time that WWE's 90-day mm-hmm. no-compete clause is expiring for people. And they fired a bunch of people between March and April and May. So I'm under the impression that maybe one of the female talent that they let go could be hit an impact. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot to choose from. You got Mickey James, you got Peyton Royce, mm-hmm. you got Billy Kay, mm-hmm. who, by the way, now that you know she's out of the Billy Kay character and doing stuff on social media, I like her a lot more now. Um, so I think those are the I think those are like the only three that are close to their 90 day non-compete clauses coming up. Yeah, I wish Ruby Riot was closer. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Ruby Ruby was in the second wave, so... Yeah, hers is a little further away. Yeah, hers is more like August, September, but, I mean, you never know. They could have they could have made a mistake with her like they did with Aleister Black. That's true, too, even though we'll I'm t- sure they're checking on it now. Yeah, we'll, we'll touch on that later, but uh, I'm thinking it could probably be one of the Iconics. And yeah, I, hopefully it's a hopefully it's a um I want, hopefully it's by one of them. I'm thinking and it's Royce. both. Peyton Royce. I would yeah, want to Peyton before I, yeah. Billy Kay. No disrespect to Billy Kay, but I, I I've always favored Peyton Royce is probably the better technical wrestler. Even yeah. though um Billy Kay has the better finisher, her big boot is is vicious. Yeah, um, I, I've always thought Peyton was better technically. Yeah, me too, but. Like I said earlier, uh, now that she's out of like the, you know, the goofy Billy Kay, you know, I want to be your friend type of character. And she's just on social media being herself. Yeah. I actually like her more as herself. Yeah. I I think um, even though I've just I've just now in this instant made this comparison, um, made two comparisons, actually. Um, If she builds herself uh, in a meaner character as a wrestler. when she comes back, I feel like she could be uh, the equivalent to like a, a female test to where like um, oh. it's it's kind because of, she's she's a little not uh, not to say she's uh, any she looks any stronger than anyone else, but she's tall enough. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's taller than most of the other female talent. Yeah. With a nice big boot to where she centers around. Um, heavy grapple, suplex. Um, I, I was gonna say. Moves. I was gonna say. You know what move would be actually pretty good for her to like throw in her arsenal? Mm. A discus clothesline. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that could that discus clothesline and her big boot uh, could really paint her in a in a, danger, a more dangerous light as a character. Yeah, like um, she, she could do the uh, the discus clothesline as a, uh, I guess, like her signature. Yeah. And then lead that 
into a finisher where she like goes into the corner, waits for the person to get up, and then hits that massive big boot. That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. So e- either one of them, um, I would do Peyton first, but either one of them would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, even though the, that comparison led me to another comparison that I'll, I'll probably get into as we get into the predictions. But the biggest thing is that, yeah, the uh, Gail Kim is back. I, I hope, is it in an exact, exact role? Do they explain it? Like, is she, is she? No, they, they didn't explain it. They just said, like, Gail Kim literally just came back, said that, you know, she she hyped up Diana Perrazzo and then announced that she'll be coming back to uh, reveal the mystery opponent. Okay. So I, I, I don't think it's going to be in, like, a managerial way or anything. Maybe I think like it's, a I think it's Rose more, type of deal? Yeah, I think it's more just, you know, going to be like, God, what's the word? Um, uh, Like... Like a seal of approval type of thing. She's gonna announce the person who's coming out, and then you know, God, you like the big show role? Yeah, like shake hands with them on the ramp. Right. Say, there you go, and go have at it. Which I is mean, nice. If, It'll be nice to see Gail. I mean, if she comes back as like an ambassador for the Impact Knockouts division, hell, there's nobody better. I'm, yeah, I'm definitely with that. Like, there's really yeah. nobody better. I think the next best person could be maybe o- ODB or Victoria. Yeah, especially since now, um, I think they grabbed Melina for NWA. I'm not Melina. Um, Melina's been at NWA. I think they grabbed Mickey James to like do an NWA lineup. Yeah, for one yeah. of their pay per views, so she might be booked up. So it could be that they're making her, uh, um, Gail Kim an ambassador for the Knockouts, which would be great. I think it's amazing. I mean, but in today's day and age of wrestling. You you see people in more than one promotion now, which is very true. Like, look, you got Moxley over here with AEW and mm-hmm. New Japan. You got Omega with AEW and Impact. You got the Good Brothers with Impact and AEW. So, I mean, you never know. Mickey could do that cross-brand thing where she goes to NWA and uh, helps out uh, Impact as well. Yeah. You know what I would love to see? Um, I would love to start seeing... Um, because I'm such an advocate for women's wrestling. Uh, I would love to see the all these companies that are working together um, start working consistently with um, WOW Wrestling and um, Shimmer. Yeah. The two uh, top all-women's brands and probably Stardom, but they're more Japan, so I don't know. I was going to say, Shimmer is definitely a a promotion that most people should be talking to. But, yeah, I would love to see more with Shimmer, because less people have come from WoW, but Shimmer is, like, Shimmer is basically the birthplace of every talented women's wrestler in the circuit today. Sasha, Bailey, Becky, God, shit. Ruby, uh, Ember Moon. Uh, uh, Mercedes Martinez, uh, shit, Shayna was there, you know what I mean? Like, anybody who's anybody in the past few years, Oscar was there for a minute, has come from Shimmer. So, I would love to see them work m- closer with Shimmer, especially for AEW's knockout division. I mean, AEW's women's division, mm-hmm. they're still c- trying to tighten it up. Uh, working with Shimmer would be amazing for Shimmer and them. So mm-hmm, I'd definitely. love to see more of that. But um, 
let's get into these impact slam anniversary predictions. I think we might still have a week before we have to do the uh, money of the bank prediction. So this will yeah. be a good one. Plus slam anniversary is their WrestleMania. So if there's, you know, any show to do the predictions on it's this one. Mm-hmm. Cause it'll be this Sunday, I believe this Saturday or this Sunday. Um, the 17th was that that Saturday uh, or Sunday? Yes. The 17th is a Saturday. Okay. So yeah, this Saturday is slam anniversary. So Let's do the predictions. Let me go. I'm going to try to do the non-titles first. Um, so Moose is fighting Chris Saban. I do not think I paid enough attention to it to know the story behind that. Um, yeah, that that's that's probably a match I'm not really, you know, too invested in. Yeah, I love Chris Saban, but that's mm-hmm. kind of the bathroom break match for me. Yeah. Um. I have no doubt it's going to be a great match. Moose's uh, style versus Chris Saban's high flying, you know, usually paints for a great match. But and Moose, it's just, Moose has definitely proven consistent over the last year or so. Yeah, I'm a little less. I'm a little less invested, but it, it should be a great match nonetheless. W. Morrissey, who's probably today's age test, actually. Mm-hmm. Big, bad, blonde, <laughs> tall, rip. This is probably new age test. But um, W. Morrissey is fighting Eddie Edwards, the Impact Golden Boy, um, which should make for a good match. Um, probably not amazing technically, but I'm sure they're going to brawl it out and get it on. I was going to say hard-hitting-wise, it, yeah. it just might be. Eddie Edwards is is closer to a modern day uh, Tommy Dreamer, so it, it's it should be a, a heavy brawl, which is good for Morrissey because he can really show his power. Um, so that should be good. Hopefully Enzo doesn't end up uh, winning the match for him. Oh God, would be a great comeback though. Please no. <laughs> no, I think I think Morrissey is trying to focus on um, becoming a great single star before any kind of reunion. But um, that should be a good match. Get the fuck out of here, Enzo. But that should be that should be a good match. I think all this left are title matches. So you got Deanna Perrazzo versus a mystery opponent which we already talked about. Hopefully it's one of the iconics. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhere in this, I feel like Daniel Bryan may debut. Um, I can mm-hmm. give you a hint of where I think it might be. Um, so it's going to be a grueling. And I, I feel like, you know, I don't want to be the heel here, but it feels kind of unfair. Um, but they're having a classic X division championship match. At Slammiversary with mm-hmm. Trey Miguel, my guy. Yeah. Uh, the last of the rascals, except for um, Myron Reed over in MLW. Uh, Ace Austin, who was probably shooing. Chris Bay, Rohit, and uh, the legend himself, Petey Williams. <laughs> with the champion, Josh Alexander. And now I feel like this is unfair a little bit because... Yes, that's a classic impact match. You have to have it at Slammiversary. That's just the perfect place to have it. It's like opening with the mo- with the money in the bank on WrestleMania. But I feel as though it's unfair because 
he like just won this belt at the last pay-per-view. And now he's got to defend it against all these people. So, and a match that's not really tailor-made for Josh Alexander. He's really a ground, like wrestler's wrestler kind of guy. This is like, this is like putting William Regal in a ladder match. It's just not built for him. (laughs) Which has been done before. Which has been done before. And he was very unsuccessful. (laughs) Um, so I, I wonder how this is going to go, but I feel like at the end of it, we could see the return of the beard at the end. You know, whoever's standing on that ladder, very victorious and happy, and then Daniel Bryan's music hits, and you're like, oh, shit, new king of the X Division. Oh, man, here comes the American Dragon. Because mm-hmm. I feel like the X Division is perfect for him. Like, uh, him going uh, uh, in the TNA main event spot like heading for that impact championship it's kind of early it's kind of early it is i would want him i would want him in the x division first until see see what he still has yeah to kind of test the waters be x division champ for a little bit maybe you can like um maybe you can hint at him versus kenny for a while but i wouldn't lead straight into it because i feel like kenny would have to be uh, I feel like he needs more titles first. I mean, I'm I'm not opposed to what you're saying because right now AEW is kind of doing the same thing with uh, Christian Cage. Yeah. So it's like I I do see what you're saying. I think the X division it worries me a little bit just because of his history with injuries. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as he can you know stay healthy and try to you know not do as crazy of stuff as most people in the X division do. Like, he yeah. can still be himself, like a technical savage that does the little flying through the ropes and jumps off yeah. the top rope. Yeah. But uh, as far as, like, doing the, the run into the turnbuckle backflip and taking the crazy bumps falling off of stuff, yeah. as long as he's not doing that, I'm okay with it. Well, that is what you have to worry about, about Daniel Bryan hitting the indies again, isn't it? Since you're yeah. not wrestling that WWE style, you're a little less protected. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would hope that... Uh, he does wrestle a more Drew Gulak kind of style. But, yeah, but they're also, some of the, the high flyers that they have in the X Division now are pretty safe. Like, yeah. Trey, Miguel, Trey Miguel is, like, smooth as silk. Yes. Uh, Ace, Ace Austin, same thing. Petey Williams is probably one of the, probably one of the more experienced guys Impact Yeah, has, and probably right? one of your safest bets. I would not uh, try the Canadian Destroyer. Um, but, but... regardless, I would do, like, pump fakes if I was in a match with Petey Williams. Only because the way you land the the way you land the Canadian Destroyer is fine, but I don't like pile drivers with Daniel Bryan, so I wouldn't do it. But um, I feel like it would be a perfect position if Josh found a way to win and then had to go immediately up against Daniel Bryan because Josh being a wrestler's wrestler against a technical savage like Daniel Bryan is is money mm-hmm. if you're into technical wrestling. So I feel like that would be a good place to start Daniel, and then Daniel can work with the X Division and elevate it to a point where it matters. Yeah. And then when the time is right, he can go after those, uh, he can go after that uh, main event title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm all for that. Um, also happening... Before we get to the big one, what's the other ones? We got the women's tag 
uh, Fire and Flavor versus Havoc and Rosemary, a.k.a. the women of uh, Decay. Mm-hmm. I got to go with Decay. I don't go against Decay. I love Decay. Yeah, no. Um, the tag team champions are having a fatal four-way. It's uh, Violent by Design versus uh, Rich Swan and Willie Mack versus TJP and Fowler versus the Good Brothers. Now, because there's only two legitimate tag teams, <laughs> I feel like it's probably either Violent by Design or the Good Brothers. Um, I'm going to go with Violence by Design because you know how much I love the Good Brothers. I think Carl Anderson's got something else coming up real soon that yeah. he's that he's going to cash in on. But yes, I'll I'll talk about that later. So for now, I'm just going to go Violence by Design. Oh, that's going to be a talk later. Mm-hmm. Later though. Later though. Um, because I'm starting to see where that could lead to. Um, then we got, what do we have? We did Deanna. Um, and all this left is the main event, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, uh, Kenny Omega versus Sammy Callahan. This match is going to be fucking wild. It's going to be dangerous. This is, this match is going to, if there was ever a time to use the word dangerous, this is, this is that match. Mm-hmm. And we would know if you, if you if you listeners right now don't have the Impact Network if you don't know where to watch Impact you need to watch this match when it hits YouTube. This, this is a is match. One. This is a match you're gonna need to watch because these this is two. The one. Sammy's about as crazy as it gets, and Kenny is not the craziest guy in the room, but Kenny will keep up with anybody's craziness. Yep. So this is gonna be a barn burn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who are you voting to win? Um, God, I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Kenny. Yeah. Um, I agree with you only because I see the bigger picture in this. Yeah. Um, and because the bigger picture is Kenny Omega's world title collecting arc, Mm -hmm. I don't see him losing any title match anytime soon in the next year. Because, yeah, unless something drastic happens. Yeah, unless the, unless he suffers like a drastic injury or something happens where you know everyone falls all bored, I don't see him losing any title match in the next year. So, mm-hmm. it, I I just I can't see anybody beating him right now. Um, yeah. Because I still think he has to go to Japan. I still think he has to go to NWA. Um, he's already in AAA. So I just I just can't see a situation where he loses a title in the next year until they finish this arc. So as much as I would naturally vote for Sammy Callahan only because he's portraying a very like Joker character right now. Mm-hmm. Like kind of like Joker mixed with Batman kind of thing where it's like Yeah, I, he, he's being the anti-hero. He's be, he's being very anti-hero. Um, and I feel a lot of his promo, like, you know what I mean? Like, this isn't, you didn't ask for me, but this is what you need. You know what I mean? He's like Joker and Deadpool right now. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I, I dig that vibe. I dig his whole reasoning and I agree with it, but in the grand scheme of things, Kenny Omega is Thanos and you're like, just one Avenger. Mm 
You know what I mean? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you'll land that one punch, but after that, buddy, it's uh, it's over. Yeah, after that, it ain't nothing else happening. Um, he's he's inevitable, as I would say. Um, so that but it's gonna be a freaking amazing match. Amazing. Yeah, um, in better news, uh, well, maybe not better, but in uh, in uh, some more great news, the Great American Bash happened in NXT, mm-hmm. um, which is not a takeover, but it is leading to a takeover. Um, kind of like a prequel, I guess you would say. Being shady, taking the taking all the Dusty Rhodes names and shit. <laughs> the Great American Bash. Don't even use them as a pay-per-view. Just use them as a regular show. Right. But I dig I dig Triple H reusing the old pay-per-views, though, so I can't ignore it. I don't see him bringing back Bad Blood, even though I do love Bad Blood. Because or they vengeance. don't do blood anymore. Vengeance, maybe, yeah. Vengeance. Vengeance, I could see. <laughs> um, but uh, in good news, the Great American Bash happened. Um, before I get into the Great American Bash, though, Blair Davenport, a.k.a. B. Presley, um, a longtime girlfriend of uh, Will Osprey, the aerial assassin, has debuted in NXT UK, mm-hmm. which means more competition for the final boss, which is great. Um, I like how they're re- they're adding to that division because they need to, because they must have saw the writing on the wall. If uh, mm-hmm. if if Mieko, uh does exactly what. Um, Kaylee Ray did and just beats everyone in the division. It kind of really takes down the division. So you mm-hmm. have to start adding some adding more talent. Yeah. So I'm glad they saw the writing on the wall with that one, and that's a great addition. Brie Presley, she's amazing. So that should be cool. Um, but getting to the bash, um, even though I think this is a little before the bash, like the week before, we have a new North American champion. And um, Swerve Scott, which kind is, of kind of a surprise, uh, very shocking. But I mean, I agree, but I don't disagree with the decision because uh, I disagree with it because you, again, like the thing with Josh Alexander, you just mm-hmm. gave this kid the belt. You know what I yeah. mean? And I'm old-fashioned, so when somebody gains a title, I assume it means, like, we have faith in you to carry this and see what you're going to do with it. Yeah. Um, and I love Bronson Reed. You love Bronson Reed. Um, I love Swerve a little bit more, but we had this thing back when they were having their WrestleMania takeover, and mm-hmm. they were the last two guys, and Bronson won it fair and square, so... I was willing to ride with Bronson for his whole run, but they came short. Yeah, but, um, I mean, it, it's a good thing because naturally he gets his uh, momentum. Yeah. But um, I think it was just too soon, not not because, you know, Bronson Reed just wanted or anything, but because he had just started this faction. And it's like literally as soon as the faction starts, I don't even think it's been about, a, I don't even think it's been two months yet. I don't think so. And he's just now getting the North American title. Yeah, no, not to, not to. Um, yeah, I mean, not to say the faction's bad or anything. Yeah, 
as but, soon as it debuted, I liked it, but it it I do feel like it's too soon. Like exactly. Like I, I like Hit Row. I love Hit Row. I think it's the best faction on the show. Um, but I don't know. I would like to have seen them get do, like a, do a, a solid more. Yeah, a solid non-title uh rivalry first. Mm-hmm. Which I think they were starting with Everrise, but then Everrise got released. Um, I'd like to have seen them get a, a good non-title rivalry going, win that, and then go for some gold instead of just stumbling yeah. onto a title match and you know what I mean, mm-hmm. winning the North American Championships. Now, not that Swerve isn't uh, mid-card title material. Because, like I said, we we had that we had that whole uh, debacle um, mm-hmm. at their at their WrestleMania takeover where we were at odds as to who should win. But um, I don't know. I just feel like it's too soon. Like I love the group. Um, I love that he's the champ, but it's just I feel like it. It's, yeah, it's, it's just too soon. Yeah, it's just too soon. Um, and other news: uh, Cole beat O'Reilly. Which was something. Uh, maybe Triple H is starting to see that you know people are really digging the ideas of trilogies. Yeah. So yeah. May- maybe he just gave Cole this one to set up for a trilogy. Yeah, which I'm sure is going to happen to take over. It's going to be part three. Let's just hope uh, this trilogy doesn't end like the most recent trilogy we just seen. Cough, cough. You'll see. Oh yeah. Oh, that was gross. (laughs) Man, that was a bad ending to a trilogy. Um, But yeah, hopefully, hopefully it ends. Hopefully it ends better. Um, I hope they don't drag it out to more than a trilogy. Because they're on the cusp of two trilogies, actually. Um, I hope it ends better than the Gargano and Ciampa trilogy. That kind of sucked, that ending. because it proved every point. It was good because it proved every point I had previously talked shit on Johnny Gargano about. So I ended, it ended with Ciampa losing, but me being absolutely right about how despicable and worthless Gargano is um, in comparison to Tommaso Ciampa. Remember there was a point in time when you tried to make me a, Gar- a Gargano fan so you and me can feud on this? But it and I, and I just did not want to be a Gargano fan. Yeah, at the end of the day, Gargano's uh, as a character is a piece of shit. Like he's he's, he's a, a great re- a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but his, his character was a piece of shit. And that whole I was right about that entire rivalry, and people fought me tooth and nail until the very end about it. But I knew Gargano was a piece of shit. Ciampa was carrying the whole team. Gargano was all this you know nice baby face. So. Uh, people just overlooked the fact that he was trash and Ciampa was carrying him until so their very last fight where it came down to him not being able to beat Ciampa. So they tugged at his heartstrings in order to beat him because they're fucking assholes. <laughs> and now we see that in the purest form with the way, um, even though it's comical now, you know, I guess if it's mm-hmm. funny, it's cool to be a dick. Yeah. Right. But, um, We'll get to more of that later, but yeah, I hope I hope that um, this trilogy ends well. Um, you got two guys that are very technical, 
that have very good chemistry in uh, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. So at the next takeover, I assume it's going to be brutal, hard hitting, some strong style stuff, some technical starting, and uh, probably another five star match. Probably. Um, Grimes lost again, which I was very confused about. Um, but I think that's yeah. going to be the next trilogy is um, him losing twice and then a takeover, one mm-hmm. more match for the million dollar title. And, um, and his freedom. And his freedom now, because now he's a butler. So it's going to be funny, but I kind of, I mean, Cameron I guess, Grimes, the butler. I, yeah, I guess story wise, it's better that he lost because now you get to see Cameron Grimes as a butler. Mm-hmm. But. I was kind of confused that he lost clean. No, he didn't lose clean. I'm sorry. He didn't lose clean. He he got DDT'd on the outside on the million-dollar title, got rolled back up into the ring, and mm-hmm. then lost. So he didn't lose clean. Yeah. So I guess now, yeah, yeah, looking at it that way, it's, it's more understandable. Because now you can have one more fair match to end the trilogy and him win the belt. I was going to say, you know what might be a... Uh... A good way to do it? Special referee. Ted DiBiase? Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes it makes logical sense. The creator of the million-dollar title, mm-hmm. you, you're the one who brought it back. Mm-hmm. And then he can say he's going to be impartial as much as he wants. And then, mm-hmm. you know, he can kind of give Cameron a little, a little nudge if uh, they want to go with L.A. Knight trying to cheat again. Yeah, I could also see that being uh I could see that going uh one or two ways in a funny twist, right? Um mm-hmm. because if you if you if you want to screw Cameron one more time, I could see it um being a situation where uh Cameron Grimes is about to close the match. Mm-hmm. And Ted stops the three count and uh, 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 L.A. Knight wins with a roll-up or something and then reveals that he had paid off Ted DiBiase because everybody's got a price. (laughs) That'd be funny. Or it could be the opposite. And, like, uh, maybe Eli, maybe, oh, my God, this guy's old name is fucking with me. Um, L.A. Knight? L.A. Knight could go to pay off Teddy and uh, Teddy could be like, you can't buy me. I'm the million dollar man. Mm -hmm. I want your money. And that ends up costing him the match. I can buy you and your money. Right. And that could end up costing him the match. I could see that too. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that would be pretty cool. Or even Cameron could do it. Cameron could like outsmart him and pay off Ted when Eli had, when uh, LA Knight has the match, which I, I think would see be that even, working, which I think would be even funnier. Mm-hmm. If you, it turns out Cameron paid him off not to, not to count for LA Knight. Yeah, that'd be pretty funny. Um, so it's sad that he lost twice in a row. It kind of, but it does kind of legitimize LA Knight in a way. Yeah. Even with a tainted victory. And um, the last thing before we get on to the big news, what do you think about Gargano and Cross? Um, 
Uh, give me your on-paper thoughts, and then give me your thoughts as far as the writing has gone. On paper, they really have nobody else. Um, mm. Balor's, you know, doing his own thing. Cole and O'Reilly are occupied. You already called up Damian Priest. Mm-hmm. Keith Lee's nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... And I think Ciampa's in a feud right now too. Yeah, he just he had lost the the uh, titles to MSK. Well, he had, he had lost the title shot against MSK, which yeah, so. I did not think he was going to lose. But MSK is kind of legitimized now. Yeah, so there really is no other option. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not like you said. I'm not the biggest Johnny Gargano fan, but um, I mean. Johnny, character-wise, I'm not a fan. And ring-wise, he can go. He can go and, all day. And so can Cross. So, I yeah. mean, it'll if they do it the right way, it can be a great technical match. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, there really is no other option. And as far as the way this mat, this like feud has been going, I ha- really haven't been a fan of it. No? The, not really. I mean, the funniest thing to me was when cross tried to run him over and joe picked him up oh yeah yeah yeah. that was the that was like the best thing of this feud so far when joe's like all right dummy let's go mm-hmm. i like that what? my what? there's two big things i like on paper um i would look at this and be like uh well he's gonna get destroyed cross yeah. gonna rip him apart mm-hmm. but um as far as the writing has gone um, it's silly. It's a little silly. But at the same time, um, the words are really getting to me. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's a, it's it's silly the way they're doing it. But if you listen to just the promos, I think the promos are going in a um AJ versus John Cena type of direction. Yeah. Because even though they're going about the fights in a silly way or whatever, and him trying to get run Johnny over and all this other stuff, when you listen to the promos and Johnny, Johnny specifically, Cross is kind of like uh, puffing out his chest and Johnny's laying heavily, heavily on the fact that he wrestles way better than Cross. Does he though? He does though. Does he he does though. Like does that's that's where it's funny. That's, <laughs> that's where it's what... funny to me though, because Cross is. You've already said Cross is not the most technical guy. He's power based. He has power based moves. He's a he's, but a, he's striker. a great power wrestler. He's a great power wrestler. But as far as technicality goes, Johnny outmatches him by you know miles. So relying on the um the AJ Styles versus John Cena uh, uh, logic, uh, he's probably going to wrestle circles around this guy. So it's funny to me because, you know, it's silly to think that Johnny has a shot at beating Karrion Cross. But listening to the promos and him being like, it's funny you mentioned my wife because you couldn't lace her boots. It's funny because he, he she's probably a better technical wrestler than Karrion Cross. <laughs> So in a way, like he's right, but the fact that you think you can beat him is like silly still. 
Well, I mean, Johnny definitely has a shot more than the you know technical wrestling fact. Johnny also has a numbers advantage. Mm. Johnny yes. Johnny's got the way, and then we're he's just got a, writing this, and then he's got theory too. So I mean, he has he has you know the biggest shot to do it. Um, me personally, I don't think he does it because right now Cross is too hot. Cross is the guy, and there's not really anybody they have right now. Oh no! Until, I get. I guarantee Johnny's losing until like maybe Kyle comes up because Kyle is very much right now like will not die. Matt Hardy. Yeah, yeah. So, once Kyle, once Kyle finishes this Adam Cole thing, I think I can see Kyle doing it at uh, the SummerSlam Takeover, maybe. Mm. Or no, no, no. After the SummerSlam Takeover. Okay. Because you know he still has to finish up his Adam Cole thing. Yeah, which is funny to me. I think. Um, and this is a term where uh, writing really has to know what they're doing. Um, because remember that feud we hated with Seth and Cesaro after they took it past WrestleMania? Yeah. And his whole thing was like, you can't just go past me, even though he literally was like, this is over. Like, I went past you. I don't know why we're doing this again. Mm-hmm. This That would be perfect for a feud that was flushed out, like uh, Adam Cole and O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. But that's a place where writing staff has to know what they're doing and with who, because yeah. the the their story fits with um, O'Reilly beating him, and then Adam Cole being like ridiculous, like you can't just go past me like that. Yeah. I'm Adam Cole. It makes more sense with them than it did with uh, Cesaro that's and Seth. Cesaro, yeah, but. I don't I don't I would hope they don't do that, even though the matches would be spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I hope they finish it off and they dead it and they don't continue this thing because I feel like that would be the only angle Adam could take is you know just being obsessed with him after the fact because he beat him again so easily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um so I hope I hope I, I think O'Reilly might be the only one too unless they pick one of them to go for the cruiserweight division. Yeah. Because once they legitimize it, also I did hear that they were putting out um, designs for cruiserweight tag titles. So this might oh, be a cruiserweight no. tag title thing. I would no. hope not. I mean, no, that's a no. lot more signees you got to get. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to touch on, I'm going to touch on cruiserweights later, but cruiserweight division is dead. Don't even bring it back. I would, I would go with Triple H's idea and just legitimize the Cruiserweight division on NXT with big players like Kyle O'Reilly, oh, um, like Kushida. Well, well um, if you've seen the most recent 205 Live, there's a big player over there. Uh, yeah, if, yeah, you didn't see it? No, I'm looking at you weird because you think I watched 205 Live. Well, nobody does, but if if you're saying they can legitimize it somewhere else and get some big players, they had some. They had a big player over there. Who's the big player? Oh, you, you didn't see it? No. All right. Well, I'll, I'll let you finish what you were saying, and then I'll, I'll touch on it when uh when it's my turn. Okay. Well, what I was saying was, if if they, I would hope they don't add um, tag titles because it it'd be a pain in the fucking ass to to turn an hour show um promoting not w- promoting tag titles women's tag titles uh the NXT title 
the North American Championship and the Cruiserweight Championship with Cruiserweight tag titles. It's just too much to fit inside an hour. So I wouldn't do it. But if they're going with Triple H's, um, the Triple H rumor that he's going to legitimize the Cruiserweight title within that show, I feel like it's very easy. You take the people from 205 Live that are still good um, um, because you got rid of a bulk of them. Uh, you, you add some of the cruiserweight players that you can't find a spot for on the show, probably Pete Dunn. Um, you add Gulak, you throw O'Reilly or Cole down there. Um, and you got Koshida, you, you know, it's, it'd be a monster card with Blake Christian and, um, you, you know what I mean? Whoever else they can find, it would really legitimize that that division. So I feel like that's easier to do. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like that's the only place to go, unless for Cole. I mean, uh, for O'Reilly, um, is either the title or the cruiserweight division. Um, and I feel like that for both of them, either Adam or O'Reilly, I feel like they would be perfect to be the face of that division. Now, what were you saying? I don't want anyone to be the face of the cruiserweights at this not point. Not on 205. Listen, this is not 205. I want them to kill 205 and never I let don't it even, on TV again. I don't even want there to I'm be saying cruiserweights for NXT. anymore. What? Look, what I oh, just see, seen now you wild. Now you wild. Look, what I just seen on 205 Live, I do not want there to be any more cruiserweights. Oh, God. What happened? What happened that you think cruiserweights? What are you, Vince, now? What is this? What's well, happening? Well, listen. What is this? What is the standard weight limit for a cruiserweight? 205. That's 205, correct? H- hence 205 Live. Yes. So They made a why? whole thing about it with Buddy Murphy cutting down to get to the weight. So why, pray tell, would you have a match on 205 Live Showing off two new acquisitions, I guess it's for 205 Live, where one of the cruiserweights that are supposed to be on 205 Live weighed in at 310 pounds. What? Yes. They had a cruiserweight, with quotations, on 205 Live. And the man weighed 310 pounds. Odyssey Jones. He weighed 310 pounds. See, this is why they need to kill that show. This is why. This like, Now you see, it's nothing against people that are small in NXT. Me just seeing that, literally, I, I seen the picture, I seen the image, and then I seen the clips, and I was like, just kill the cruiserweights in general. Like, at this point, you might as well. Just they don't the have to though. Like they don't, but it was just like a spur of the moment <laughs> thing where I was like, Yeah, you know, I, I see how you could be like this is this, you know, just, I mean, just like, ask just ask the title at this yeah, point. I feel Let's like just you, let the cruiserweights like do their own thing. But but are they even do they even have the same cruiserweight? Like, did they do it? Um, like NXT did it where they have their own cruiserweights, like they have their own cruiserweight champion, and then Koshida's like NXT's cruiserweight champion, like they did with the women's tag I titles. Just, I just, you know, because I, I, I haven't watched 205 Live in so Dude, long, I don't I even never know what it. the situation is over there. 
I'm not gonna lie, I've never watched it, but I know the general concept. It's like I haven't Cruiser watched Wade. it since what 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 happened first was was CJP. What no, was was Leo Leo and uh was Leo no, being Enzo. there was Leo being there before Enzo? No, it was Enzo first. And then okay, so I haven't watched it since Leo stopped being on there. When Leo got called up to the main roster on Raw, I totally stopped watching 205 Live. I stopped watching 205 Live with Neville and Austin Aries. Oh yeah, so that's it's years for both of us. Yeah. That's how you know it's been a long time. But so I, really I, just... I have not kept up with anything going on in 205. So when the Cruiserweight title moved to NXT, I assumed they were going to kill the show. But then they kept it going. So I was like, I don't know what the situation is over there, but I don't need to see it. <laughs> so... like at, at this point, you might as well just ask 205 Live. So that's ask, what I'm saying. Ask, ask 205. You already cut like all of their roster, basically. Yeah, just, left just it cut to the 205. So cut that 205. Cut to five. Is main event like a separate show? Do they have their own roster? Main events, like I guess, a pre-show type of thing. Okay. But There's even then, I like Velocity or something. Yeah, like they'll shoot three matches during the week, and then they'll just save those matches and air them. But right. even then, ask that, ask two hundred five live, and just bring back fucking Velocity or Sunday Night Heat at this point. I, I feel like that's what they should do. I feel like it, it, it's probably the only thing to do because main event hasn't mattered um especially since they're not doing shows like if you're not doing shows you don't need a show for the pre-show you know what i mean there's no we don't need a pre-show now there's just ask the shit cut it off until we get a crowds back and then bring back you know main event or whatever but i feel like ask 205 ask um the main event bring back uh uh Sunday night heat, what do you call it? Bring back heat and velocity mm. when the crowds come back. Axe 205, take the cream of the crop from whoever was left on the roster and send them to NXT. Let Triple H, let let Triple H use them and whoever's like really big in popularity in NXT that's a cruiserweight to elevate that division. Because it looks way better when you have Kushida, uh Gulak. Pete Dunn and Brian Kendrick is like the faces of that division in NXT rather than having all these people on 205 nobody cares about. That's where I'm at with it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's ridiculous. Having a guy that's 300 pounds on a show for cruiserweights doesn't make any sense at all. You should just cut the show off. If you have to get a guy that can't, that isn't in the weight class to be on the show, Clearly, the show should not be on. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and me and uh, who was it? It was me and me and Bobby Rassels were going back and forth with this, and we were just having a field day. Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move to the main roster. All right. Let, let's jump to uh, let's jump the main news real quick. Uh, or I guess you know. Big promotional news. This week was a week of some good and some bad for as far as, you know, WWE and AEW. Um, AEW, though, uh, had their first show with fans. Mm -hmm. And I'll be one to say that they didn't disappoint. 
I was I was pretty pretty damn impressed with what they had to show. Um, well, we're gonna start off with the big debut of Malachi Black. Now, for those of you guys who don't know or have been living under a rock, Malachi Black is formerly known as Tommy End. And some of you guys don't know him as Tommy End. Maybe you'll know him by what he went by in WWE, Alistair Black. Uh, this was not a big surprise. I mean, it kind of was because he was released, you know, rather recently. I mm-hmm. think it's been a little over a month. And that's pretty unusual considering WWE does 90-day release clauses. And it's been about a month and a half, and he's making his debut in another company. Come to find out, WWE never changed his contract when they brought him up to the main roster, and they never switched the 30-day to 90 days. Yeah, way to drop the ball, guys. <laughs> I mean, they dropped the ball for them, but hey, we picked it up great for us as you know, fans of other companies. Very true. My only comment was, um, I don't know, for me, adding black onto the end of the name kind of was like extra. Like I get what I get what he was going for, but I feel like Malachi was a good of a first name on its own to just kind of stand on that. Like you didn't really need to go anywhere. You did the adding the black to it was just kind of, I guess, um, blending the a, a little shot at WWE. Yeah, yeah, that was just well, like to to add on you, the Alistair thing, but you didn't need that. I was gonna say if you peep, he's keeping. He's keeping his whole gimmick going, like with the bad eye. He like he's just trying to dig the knife in the WWE more and more. Um, I did see I saw Buddy Murphy tweeted him too. Um he's uh for like way to keep the storyline going. Don't forget about me over there, buddy. How's the eye doing? Mm -hmm. I mean, I thought that was really cool. Um so I I I like I will say continuing that gimmick. I will say this, though. I think he should have just went back to his indie name. I said that, too. I said that, too. Because the whole crowd was chanting, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. And I don't think they were expecting that. I think they were just expecting, like, holy shit chants. Mm -hmm. I don't think they were expecting people to, you know, remember his name was Tommy End at one point. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, uh, coming off the NXT fame, he might have made Aleister Black a little more famous, but um, I thought he should have went back to Tommy and too, even though I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Um, thinking about it in, um, you know, hindsight, Tommy N might not have been the best name for his character which is why I think he wanted to change it if he was going to be like a darker kind of supernatural kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I feel like he could have just went with Malachi. I think the black was just adding on to it, but Malachi seems like such a good name and it's three syllables. It's easy for the crowd to chant. Um, I, think- I don't think they were expecting that reaction, but I'll tell you this. Um, it's probably going to be, it's probably going to be like when Rockstar Spud first got to uh, 205. Oh, when he was like, um, yeah, when, when we were there and they said Drake Maverick and we're like, 
the hell? And the whole arena's chanting Rockstar Spud. Mm-hmm. And then and then we came to we came to get used to it. So I think it's gonna be um probably like that. And they'll just be chanting Malachi uh in about a month once they get used to the name. But it is probably one of those things. The best, the the biggest thing about it though is that he got a reaction and a big reaction at that. Oh yeah. I mean that that that's probably one of the best signings that they that they have made recently. Like mm-hmm. Christian was uh Mark Henry, uh, Big Show, uh, Alistair. Okay. Big name. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely glad to see him there. Uh, you got potential dream match. Like, the possibility for dream matches are endless. You can do him and Omega, him mm-hmm. and Andrade, mm-hmm. him him and um, Cody. I think that's what they're pitching right now. Mm-hmm. Who else is there? Adam Page, Penta El Zero. Um... Him and Penta would be something. Scorpio Sky. Like mm-hmm. there, there's a bunch of great matches you could do over there. Yeah, I, I like it. I like that they're starting with uh, Cody, too. Yeah. But I, I kinda, Cody, I kinda, Cody usually gets the best stories. Yeah, I kind of feel like that's a mainstay right now. Even though Cody doesn't fight for the title too much, Cody still gets, uh, you know, new people that come in, or mm-hmm. he always gets, like, kind of the best stories. And people got to people got to lay off Cody too because um, I see people talking trash on Cody a lot. Like you know he's putting himself over and da 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 and this and that. I mean but whether you, he, whether he is or not, he still he's still elevating people. Like sure he went over against Scorpio Sky, but he elevated the hell out of Scorpio Sky. And that's my whole thing, right? Like you can't be too mad at the guy yeah. from an executive standpoint. He totally eliminated himself from the world title picture. So mm-hmm. it's not like it's not like he'll ever be one of those. Uh, it's not like he'll ever be in a Triple H position where he puts himself at the top of the card. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he went the total opposite way to make sure he never did that. Um, and then when he had the mid card title, he was doing nothing but finding the most underrated people to fight and elevate. He was he was essentially being a he was being super John with the U.S. title. Like sure he was going over, but he was still elevating talent in every sense. Like that's like that's one thing we can say about John Cena's U.S. title run. Like yeah, he was the top guy. He was over, but he was still elevating everybody. Finn Balor, Gargano, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. He was elevating people. Which you gotta remember and appreciate. And you know what's funny? Um, they just ended. I don't know if they like put a stamp in it or they just cut it completely, but they stopped the um uh, the guy so irrelevant I can't even remember his name. Um, who was who was he? Who was he having that feud against that he was like uh, that was like his right hand band and he uh, left and started his own group with Leslie Rios. Uh, um, QT Marshall. Yes. They just ended the thing with him and QT Marshall, which I totally get because, I mean, if they abruptly ended it, that was kind of corny. But I do, I get why they cut it because at the end of the day, like, I don't think QT Marshall was really becoming a star from that feud. He was just kind of holding Cody back. Like, I, I get that they wanted to make him into somebody and give him and his team some independence. But at the end of the day, like, they weren't they weren't seen in any different of a light, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
So like, unless your group is being elevated or thought in a different capacity, if you're not as relevant as team Taz on the card, then it doesn't matter who they put you up against. You know what I mean? Yeah. And team team Taz is actually having a little bit of fun right now because now, uh, Ricky Starks and Brian Cage are having a bit of a feud for the uh, FTW title. Which is not how I thought that was going to go. No, not at all. It seemed like Cage was leaving. And then they flipped it, and now they're going to try and solve it in-house. But I feel like it might end up being Ricky Starks leaving. Well, no, I think Ricky Starks is already gone, and now it's uh, they're, they're feuding for the FTW title. Oh, it's one yeah, yeah, Ricky Starks has been coming at him heavy. Like he's got his own security team now, and he's been coming at Taz, coming at Will Hobbs, Brian Cage. In fact, he even just told Brian Cage that uh, he said, "Tell your beautiful wife I said hi." Wow. Yeah, and Brian Cage came out and attacked the entire security team. I don't know what it is as of late, man. People just been just been saying reckless things between you know between all different types of promotions about their, their rivals, significant others sliding in DMs. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what it is, man. The wife's just got to stay out of the DMs of the rivals. It's terrible. These hoes ain't loyal, man. Yeah, man. But then also we got a... Uh, I didn't really see much on this, but I just want to touch on it because, you know, it makes me happy. Uh, next week, John Moxley will be defending his IWGP US title against none other than the OG good brother himself, Mr. Carl Anderson. I mean, you, you talk about being shocked, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what a spotlight for Carl. Um, and, 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 you know, Moxley's Moxley, of course, in, in any kind of capacity is no joke. Um, but Carl to get that kind of a shot and, and, uh, you know what, I'll let you do the whole, where this could lead thing, but just props. I mean, we've been, we've been waiting to see Carl in like a singles run for a minute. Yeah. This is like the first singles run Carl had since. God, like 2011, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Back when he was the first uh, non-Japanese superstar to be in the uh, to win the Super Cup. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a while, and we've always known Carl was the more uh, technical, probably the more entertaining of the two good brothers. So. Yeah, Carl's definitely been one of the more entertaining Bullet Club members within recent memory, definitely one of the top two or three talkers they've had. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's always, be, it's always been between, I think, him and Tama Tonga as the best talkers. Yeah, so I, I could see, I could see Carl winning this. I really um, could. I'll be honest with you, I think Carl does win this. I could see Carl winning this, but I think he wins it, and that's the reason that I said the Good Brothers weren't going to win the uh, the Impact Tag Titles. That was my whole reason for going with uh, what was it, Violence by Design? Yep. That was the whole reason I went with Violence by Design because I think Carl's going to win the the um, the 
the IWGP US title. Now, I mean, if Carl wins both, then, hey, he can do what Miz did, be the U.S. champ and the tag champ. Mm. But I, I think Carl wins the IWGP U.S. title, and that just makes the, the bridge to jump over to New Japan even bigger. Exactly. That's what I was waiting for you to say. Um, because Carl losing, um, them losing the belts and Violent by Design winning a slam anniversary is perfect because Violent by Design needs some kind of um validation mm-hmm. uh and winning the tag titles would really help with that um and then you have carl winning the u.s title which um creates an immediate branch to bullet club the bullet club yep so it just it, the, the story kind of paints itself as kind of like a perfect storm for them if uh carl wins this and it puts carl in a different light as a you know as the great singles wrestler that he is i was gonna say what can make it better is carl winning that title he's got the bridge to new japan and then kenny can in turn go over there with him challenge for the iwgp heavyweight title and then maybe just maybe we can see some bullet club bullet club action and somebody from bullet club can challenge carl for the u.s title and that now, I'm not saying any names, you know, Tama Tonga, but it, it could be anybody, uh, Bad Luck Fale. Um, any, anybody, anybody in Bullet Club that you can think of. It could be anybody under the sun, Jay White. Um, just any member, really. I'd be excited to see any member, Yujiro Takahashi. <laughs> yeah, man, that's, right. that's maybe what I'm not, excited for. Maybe not, you, maybe not uh, Yujiro Takahashi, but, you know, Tama Tonga, Bad Luck Fale, even Jay White, I I, could, I would love to see that. Haku, definitely no. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, was Haku an option? I don't think so. If, if he's an option, we I can fantasy book that real quick. No, nah, but Tama Tonga would probably be the better option because then it's two of the best talkers in Bullet Club history. It just writes itself. And it's and it's two people that have not been able to uh, be in a single spotlight in forever. You know what I mean? So they get to show how good they are as individuals um, for a main New Japan title. And it's two guys who haven't been in the same ring in like over six years. Mm-hmm. And the, and you know what? They're still good friends too. So mm-hmm. it, it paints it for a beautiful story. Yeah, they're great with that uh, that love-hate relationship that they have. Like one minute they're friends and the next minute they hate each other. And it could turn into a complete war because it could start out as a friendly thing and, mm-hmm. it could, and then it be, could become a war by association. Yeah. You know what Damn, I mean? I think that'll be the first time ever since Bullet Club has been around that it's OG versus OG. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't think that's ever happened. I don't think... Because who are the four OGs? It's Balor, Fale, Tomatonga, Carl Anderson, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think Carl has fought Finn one-on-one. I don't think uh, Carl's fought Tomatonga one-on-one. Definitely hasn't fought Fale. I think the only person that's fought um, Tomatonga is uh, Kenny. Yeah, see? So, and Kenny's not even an OG. Kenny, no. Kenny's not, not among the first five, so... Yeah, that was for their, like, fake truce. 
Yeah, so shit. I mean, I'm more than happy to see that. I would love to see Carl win and go to New Japan and have them start that magic. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing I have for AEW, the Young Bucks versus Penta and Eddie Kingston. This match was fucking brutal. <laughs> like, for, they, they were about as, as brutal as you can get for live TV, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm I'm getting really into, like, um, cocky, like, heel bucks. The young bucks are, they're definitely an acquired taste. Like, in a sense, um, like classic sometimes, bucks have been getting stale. Yeah, like, some, sometimes um, the young bucks I'm good with, sometimes they're just, like, like too weird for me like not not and not to say that they're trash because they're not trash they're great talent but sometimes they just do some weird shit for my taste so like i I gotta like love hate relationship with them sometimes i'm good with them sometimes it's i'm not but this match they did great they they really did um they had some crazy spots where they did the uh what was it the um like the the Hurricane Rana through the table. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a couple chair shots that were pretty brutal. I believe there was a top rope Hurricane Rana onto uh, yeah, nails. Yeah. I mean, not yeah, nails, they, thumbtacks. Yeah, thumbtacks. They had a couple thumbtack uh, shots in there. That was another thing I liked, too. Everybody took a spot on the thumbtacks. It wasn't mm-hmm. just one person. Like, Eddie took one. Both the Young Bucks took one. Penta took one. Um, and then they had the good brothers come out. Who who's the bald headed dude with the the spray bottle or the the hairspray? Oh, Brandon Cutler. 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 Brandon Cutler now, yeah, that's who it is. Brandon Cutler's sitting there trying to spray them with the spray. And I then so. uh yeah. Frankie Kazarian came out, power bombed him through the table. So th- there was a couple good spots in this match. I do believe they're gonna lose eventually though. The Bucks. Yeah, I think the Bucks are going to lose the title soon. Yeah, I'm honestly uh, kind of sick of Eddie Kingston losing. I feel like well, eventually he needs to win one of these motherfucking matches, man. I could see, I could see Penta and Eddie winning the tag titles. Yeah, it, I think they'd defi- be a great it's combination. Definitely, it's definitely an odd pairing tag team, though. Yeah, it really is. But I mean, but 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 it wasn't when it was Eddie. And um, Moxley. It, it wasn't when it was Eddie and Moxley, and it wasn't when Eddie had the Lucha Bros. Like yeah, when it that, was Eddie Penta and uh, Ray Phoenix, it what it wasn't weird because um, Ray Phoenix was like the little brother, and Eddie and uh, Penta were the best friends. But and it wasn't weird with Moxley. Now it's weird because they're in this kind of space where. You don't know if they're with Pac or with Eddie, and it just seems like there are some clashes, and I'm not entirely yeah. sure where everybody's loyalty lies. Yeah, that's that's like that's like kind of like Jurassic Express with a uh, with Christian right now. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just kind of a weird place. But um, a few months ago, it wouldn't have been weird to see them winning together. But hopefully, they find something because I feel like Eddie's too good of a promo to be in um to be just the, floundering about yeah to be in the middle of nowhere on the card you know what i mean 
Yeah, he's definitely one of the better talkers they have, and to leave him just floundering about really does no really it does no good for you as a company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to find something for the guy. I mean, it's like um, how you have to give MJF something. It doesn't have to be uh, a title necessarily, but it's got to be something important because MJF is too good of a talker to just be wasting his time in nowhere. You know what I mean? And that's the same thing with uh, with Eddie. Eddie's too good of a talker to just be in the middle of nowhere and like in spotty title matches. And then, you know, you don't see him until the next thing. Like, I don't know. He yeah. seems like kind of a fall guy. Yeah. Would be better if it was like a Cody kind of fall guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it's yeah. a really great story for him to elevate talent and he doesn't have to win. Like a Mick Foley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you brought up uh you brought up MJF real quick, and I just I just want to touch on something real quick. And this will be the last thing I have for AEW. Now, this is me talking to all the wrestling fans that go to live events, that do all that good stuff. Why the hell are we still trying to jump guardrails in 2021 and jump in the ring with wrestlers? <laughs> Why the hell are we still trying to do this? We are not in the times of Luke, Captain Lou Albino where fans are jumping into the ring and stabbing the wrestlers. We are in a new age where if a fan jumps into the ring, Chris Jericho is going to try his damnedest to punch you in the face. The wrestlers are not, they're not scared anymore. Even if there is a rivalry going on, they're not going to let you come in and attack the rival. They're going to try to defend their rival because they're, they don't want you to come into that sacred area. Yeah, man, this isn't the eighties or the nineties, dude. Like you got to understand this isn't a time where um, you could catch a guy in a parking lot or jump a rail or throw stuff into a ring. Like we're, we're a really more uh, mature, respected kind of uh kind of business this, now this is why we, we can't act have nice accordingly. things exactly it's one of these is, kind of things this is the instance where you say this is where we can't have nice things because we 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 try to do these extravagant things with you guys and you some of you are just way too immature because I, I ain't gonna lie if you watch the clip jericho was really gonna punch the hell out of that fan because that's what you do and then he's they did and, then that, he, and if you're if you're if you're if you're unfamiliar, they did this in the nineties as well. You jump into the ring, we're gonna kill you. Like you shouldn't it's yeah, no. It was dude. um there was uh I'm trying to think of this specific instance. I think if I'm not mistaken, it was Triple H and Stone Cold. And yeah. the fan tried to jump in the ring, and like Stone Cold was down, Triple H was up, the fan came in the ring, and Triple H grabbed the they grabbed the fan, broke character, and started teeing off on the fan. Mm-hmm. And then the ref got a couple shots in too. It's what you got to do. Like it's 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 you got to make an example out of the guy. Like you don't do this, you know. But I, mean? I, but I will say this: Jericho, being the great talent that he is, was able to spin it in the middle of that damn segment because he wanted to jump in, punch the fan. He didn't get the shot. He didn't get the shot landed. But then as the rest of the segment went on, Jericho was like, I should have let that fat idiot come in here and punch you in the face like he was going to do. I, I did see that. I did see that. That's a Well, you got to give it to Jericho, man. He's he, one of the he, best. He was able too. he was able to think on the fly. So mm-hmm. he gets he gets huge props for that. 
Yeah, uh, we gotta give them that one. That's all I got for AEW. Now I'm gonna jump into WWE. Uh, should I hit it with the good news first, or or should I continue on this bad news rant real quick? Um, do the bad news because we got some things. All right, so I'm gonna hit the bad news real quick. So as many of you know, Jimmy Uso has just recently caught another DUI. Now, I'm at the point where people do deserve second chances, but this is not the first time he's done this. This is probably like the third or fourth time it's happened. How many chances does this man need to, you know, correct the issue? A year short, it hasn't happened in a while. But even Jeff Hardy went through a stretch where nothing bad happened for a while, and then he fell again. Okay, Kurt so Angle, Kurt Angle went through a stretch where nothing bad happened, and then yeah. it happened again. I don't understand why the hell this issue has to keep happening over and over. So, are we doing a two-parter to this? Like, are we talking about this and then talking about the other thing well, that happened? Well, well we yeah, the separate? other thing that happened. No, this, okay, so. They're gonna go congruently, but that I, I had two different things. Yeah, to let's say let's do that first. So, addressing just the just the Jimmy, Jimmy Uso, Uso stuff. Um, listen, everybody's a little disappointed at this stage, at this long, at this high of a place in the card. Um, it's just disappointing. Um, that being said. There was a time, and I don't know if they've offered this to Jimmy yet, but there was a time when you have too many of these and they say, hey, um, it's becoming a problem. You know, do you want to just go to rehab? We'll pay for it. Yes. This is getting a little out of control. And I was going to I was going to say a perfect example, not that it's, you know, related in the same way. One of the biggest superstars of all time, Randy Orton. Orton had his anger issues like crazy. It was affecting his home life, his work life. They literally checked this man in the anger management for six months and paid for it on their dime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's been him. It's been um, Eddie's done it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure Jeff has done it one of those times he went to rehab. Um like, dude, if it's a, it's it because it's becoming this thing where, like, you know, uh, one time is one time, two times is ah, you should have learned your lesson the first time, three times is like, all right, man, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like, what are we doing? Like, is it a problem? Because if it's a problem, you should go to rehab. Mm-hmm. Because I, I feel like at this point, like, you should be able to f- have a driver or figure something out to where if you're going to drink, you know a way home that's not going to get you in this kind of trouble again. You know what I mean? So it's a little disappointing, and I wonder if this is a point where you consider rehab after the storyline. You know what I mean? Or But but regardless, you know, we, we do like to give second chances. You know what I mean? There's second, third chances. You know, there's some people in this business that um they've gotten as many chances as it took to get it right because they were um a good person sober 
They just made mm-hmm. bad mistakes when they were intoxicated. Yeah. So I hope, um, I hope this gets resolved. I hope he, they get to the bottom of the issue. And if he needs rehab, he gets rehab. But it is disappointing that he couldn't find a better way to get home. I'll start with that, and then you know. Yeah, and and to piggyback off of that, um, like this is a tough situation, obviously for him, but to drag his family down, for fans to drag his family down right now, is not something that should be tolerated. It's not something that should be okay. And for those of you who don't know, a lot of fans have been going to Naomi's Twitter account, Naomi, who is in real life, his wife. And they've been saying some pretty, I'm not gonna lie, they've been saying some pretty fucked up things about, about her and as a person. Disgusting um, things. Yeah, like, uh, I don't wanna get too deep into it, but they were, they were basically saying some stuff that shouldn't be tolerated. Um, to our listeners, if you can't find it, if you wanna see what they've been saying, message us on Instagram, we'll talk to you, we'll show you. Um, I'm not a fan of when fans talk about stuff like that, especially because so that's been a problem for so many people. And like throughout the time we've been alive, it's been a problem for people in the past before we were alive. And that's just something that shouldn't be tolerated. Um, For her to actually have to sit there, read all these things that people are saying while her and her family are dealing with this, you know, this trouble it's unnecessary. And she had to literally go and delete her Twitter because of all the, you know, fucked up things people are saying about it. If the shoe's on the other foot and you're going through this, like she is, the last thing you want is to have people saying the type of derogatory things that they're saying. I mean, it's good to see, it's good to see a lot of people in the company, you know, going to bat for her and for Jimmy, like Mia Yim is coming to bat. Uh, Mustafa Ali came to bat. R Truth came to bat. Cedric came to bat. Um, Bailey. A lot of people are, you know, standing up, standing up for her, saying, "Girl, we support you. We're here for you. We love you and your family." But for fans to do this type of shit is completely unnecessary. And any fan that does do this type of shit on social media doesn't need to be a fan. Exactly. Like, listen, we got to be better. Um cyberbullying was never tolerated in the first place but to go out of your way and it's kind of like um it's kind of like how people attacked um matt hardy or uh jeff's wife when jeff was into his stuff yeah and it was like listen i'm not my brother's keeper i'm not responsible for everything he does i can't micromanage him Uh you know what i mean it's not her she is not at fault for her husband's decisions and like karen jared was another uh not karen jared at the time when she was karen angle kurt angle's ex-wife she was Mm -hmm. another one Mm -hmm. like it's just it's, it's 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 disgusting man like to, to attack people's significant others, to attack people's um, family members, like they're supposed to be um, responsible for every little thing that their family member does is disgusting. Like he made those decisions and, you know, it's not like he's a terrible person. 
You know what I mean? So for one, like, I know we're disappointed, but we can't be too hard on him because if it's an addiction, what you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you don't want to be, you know, down his throat, kicking him while he's down about it. I'm sure he's embarrassed. Um, but he knows people are disappointed. Yeah, I mean, and if anything, his wife has to be just as embarrassed, maybe even more. So Maybe to, even more. To, so, so to drag her in the dirt and, you know, to and tell her, her that. And have her to a point where she's ready to quit social media because of the things people are saying about her in response to him uh-huh. is despicable, man. Like, you're, you're that's like, if, that's come of the earth kind of stuff. If you have to go out of your way to tell somebody on social media that's already going through some drama that they shouldn't be on this earth anymore, you have a problem. You yeah, need to that, get stuff. You, that maybe one was you, nuts. Like, maybe, maybe you need to look in the mirror and figure out what's going on with you that you have to go to social media and you know bring down somebody whose job is to provide entertainment through wrestling because at the end of the day we're all fans of wrestling to bring down people that you know that we're fans of that provide the type of product that we like is like unacceptable that's like some shit that doesn't even need to happen yeah man I, i don't know like I don't know what possessed you or what, what kind of thing you were doing in your life to feel like you had to hop on social media and say those disgusting things to somebody. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. And, and like, for, for the stuff some, some of these people are saying, like, I hope you're living whatever you're angrily typing to people. You know what uh-huh. I mean? I hope you're over your brother or your sister or your husband's back. Exactly. Well, you know what I mean? Micromanaging every little fucking thing they do because Yes. You 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 better be the you better be the supreme definition of the phrase practice what you preach. Exactly. Exactly. Because there's no place for this kind of talk. You know what I mean? Not in this business. There's no place to be jumping over rails. There's no place to be uh cyberbullying. There's no place to be telling people they don't need to be here anymore. Like, it's it's disgusting. Like, a man made a mistake, but you don't attack him viciously. Yeah, and you, you don't attack his family. Him, and you definitely don't attack his family viciously like that. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. It, it, it was like when people were attacking Karen Angle when Kurt Angle was doing the drugs. Karen, Jaren, or Karen wasn't the one taking the pills. Jeff's wife wasn't the one taking the pills. Right. So why are you attacking them? It's It's ridiculous. But we're moving on into some different news. We are officially out of the era of the Thunderdome. Yeah, fans are coming back. And hopefully these these fans that are coming back aren't like the fans that were just at AEW. But I think now with the fans being back at live events and being back on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, you are going to get a very, very clear idea of what fans liked and what they didn't like in the Thunderdome era. Because you really can't tell. Unless you like go on social media and see what, what the fans are saying. I'm so excited because um, you, I really, had, I, and I, I had told this to Mrs. Jobber earlier, um, the best, the best, the best thing about the fans coming back is that um, you really get to see how shitty some of these things are because they can't 
superimpose uh, crowd reactions anymore. You know what I mean? Uh-huh, and with Raw hitting the lowest ratings in years. Yes. That's another thing. Yeah, that, that is another thing. Let me tell you, it total for one, it totally validates the rant I had on the last pod. So for any of you people that thought I might have been too harsh about the uh, on the on the on the pod that where um, I think it was entitled "You're Having Fun." Um, so for anybody to listen to the "But You're Having Fun," so it's cool episode and thought my rant was a little too harsh. They have the lowest ratings in history this year, so I feel a little validated. You Two. know it's you, you know it's bad when 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 you have to think back to your weekly rundown, and you can't remember a damn thing that happened on Monday Night Raw. And and on top of that, the one thing I thought I did remember was from SmackDown. <laughs> And the one thing, the one, and I literally sat there and watched the entire three-hour show. And the only thing I remembered was Alexa Bliss screaming at Eva Marie. Terrible. So, so I I can't wait for um, what comes out of this because I'm just so ready for the booze that are going to erupt from the trash things they have happening. But you know what? They got to see it coming because they're holding all this stuff until SummerSlam, supposedly. So I hope Vince is prepared for the eruption of booze. The shitstorm that's going to come his yeah, way. How many totally crappy things are about to come out of this when the live fans come back? I was how many say, drastic I, changes are going to have to be made? I have at least a couple predictions. Number one, Eva Marie is never going to be able to do a promo. Like, they're never going to let her talk on the microphone. It's going to be like when, what was it? Uh, Like when Bailey first got called up and Bailey couldn't cut a promo because all the crowd was doing was chanting, hey, Bailey, ooh, Mm -hmm. ah. It's going to be like one of those, but they're just going to boo the hell out of her to where she can't even talk. Or they're going to be like, NXT. or they're going to be like, you can't wrestle. You can't wrestle. Yeah, so that's, that's going to be gold. If they were going to bring even Marie back, they should have did it last year when they didn't have fans so they could have a buildup of a year's worth of um, good responses. Because bringing her back recently... <laughs> and then- and then before maybe her, yeah, before the crowd uh, reaction insertion has time to really sink in for people, they're gonna boo her. They're gonna boo her like they did in NXT, and she's not gonna be able to talk. Um, another prediction I have is a lot of fans are really gonna like Rick Boogs more than anticipated. You think so? The guitarist for Nakamura. Yeah. They're going to like, I think Vince doesn't realize it, but they're going to like him a lot more than he thinks. And I can't wait because I already know I'm going to be reacting the same way uh, Pat McAfee does. (laughs) I tell you what, people are going to love Pat McAfee. Yeah, they're they're, going to love Pat. 
And and one of the best things that's going to come out of this is to see what the crowd makes famous. You know what I mean? Because historically, um, the crowd can take things, run with it that nobody planned on. And now it's a thing. So it's going to be fun to see the first thing they make officially a thing once the The crowds come back. The air guitar. You think so? It'll probably be an air guitar. And my my final prediction, Apollo Crews is going to need to lose that title and that gimmick. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Because if I'm in the crowd, the first thing I'm doing when anything Apollo Crews comes up is booing the loudest and hardest I possibly can. You got to get that shit out of here. Yeah, because I've done said this numerous times on the show. You have somebody who's pretending to be Nigerian. I forget where I said he was from because it was so long ago, but somebody who's pretending to be Nigerian looks Dominican and he's doing the Samoan spite. I, I, I forget what I said he was. I think he was like Danish or Polish or something like that. He was Polish. Polish, there you go. Poland. You got a Polish person that looks Dominican, pretending to be Nigerian, doing the Samoan spike. We're going to see right through that. Or we're just going to yell Dabakato and, you know, make that a thing. Mm-hmm. Not not going to yell at us, you know, being fans, but just to tell you that, hey, we know who the hell this is. Um, so next we have... Unfortunately, Bailey is going to be out for upwards of nine months with a torn ACL. Now, the character itself was getting stale, but she was still also the best heel SmackDown had at the time. So this is definitely a hurt piece for SmackDown's women's division. Uh... So this is just going to be a quick shout out. Bailey, wish you a speedy recovery, girl. Get back soon to being the exquisite one that you have been during this COVID era. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really kind of been her time. Um, so I, I hope she comes back soon uh, as fast as you possibly can. But I feel like nine months is going to be is going to be enough. I hope that when she comes back, she finds a better way to deliver her character. Mm-hmm. Um, you got nine months to study what the crowd loves when the crowds come back. And truthfully, it could even be sooner. Because remember, we've seen people come back a lot sooner from these type of injuries. Remember mm-hmm. Edge did it in, what was it, 2010? When he when he uh, tore his Achilles, mm-hmm. they, said, they said he was going to be out for nine to twelve months, and he was back in six. So I mean, it, it's possible. Stranger things have happened, but I think with the nine month mark, we're in July, August, September, October, November, December, January. If she happens to you know get that six month mark where she's healthy, she could come back for the Rumble, and if not, if she's if she needs the nine months. Perfect time to bring her back would be the night after WrestleMania. Yeah. 
Yeah, and 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 and, and it's a step back right now, mm-hmm. but in the long run, I feel like it's probably to take two steps forward. Yeah, because you think about it, you're gonna be gone the entire time the crowds are back for the first six to nine months, mm-hmm. which means your pop is gonna be ridiculous and genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, you have all that time to figure out what went wrong with your character and what made it stale and how to improve it. Um, and you can come back somewhere really big, um, which is going to probably put you on the map as soon as you returned as a man of Yeah, You know what I mean? So, and, and six to nine months is a time as a, as a, it's a long enough time for us to really miss you. Yeah. And those yeah, are the definitely. best kind of returns. You know what I mean? Because the best kind of returns are the ones that were like really long to the point where like, oh man, it's been a while. Yeah, because you figure Becky's been out for about a year now and fans are already clamoring for her to come back. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely a, a good enough amount of time. So, you know, heal from your injury, study, figure out what works, what doesn't work and, you know, come back refreshed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like they say, when one door closes, another one opens. And now with Bailey going out, Carmella is taking her place for the women's title match, which not a lot of people, you know, are a fan of, you know, um, they're doing what they can on short notice. So I can't really get mad, but with Carmella going up, another person has to take Carmella's place. Mm-hmm. Q, Liv Morgan. And I'm not going to lie, like, not even just me being biased, a lot of fans are really pushing for her right now. Dude, uh, and and I don't normally do this for Liv Liv Morgan, but she's got to win. She has to win. As a matter of fact, um, I would be, I'd go far to, I'd go so far to say I'd be angry if she lost because honestly, the only, the only legitimate story building to the women's money in the bank has been Liv Morgan. So if she doesn't win, you mm-hmm. shit on us for like two months. Yeah. Literally for nothing. Cause this, this was, this has been built up ever since Ruby Riot got released. And you've, Ruby been, got you've, released. Been, you've been pushing it so far that it's kind of like all I want. Yeah. Like it, it's literally becoming its own thing at this point. Like Liv is, like first Ruby got released. Then you put Liv on her singles run, had her lose like her first match or two. And then you put her on a winning streak. Mm-hmm. And, and then you make her talk about how hungry she is, how she's been, you know, grinding and working. And now it's her time. And the people want it. So if there was a good as time as any to push Liv Morgan, it's right now. And there really is no other options. Alexa Bliss is off in her own little world. Nikki Cross is still trying to figure out what kind of superpower she has tucked in her belt. Mm-hmm. Nobody really cares about a storyline between Asuka and Naomi right now. Nope. Who else is there? Zelina came back. Okay, whoop de do. We know she's not winning. And then you still have two open spots. 
who else on the SmackDown roster is there? It's just it's just time. Like there's nobody else. You're the only person. She's the only person you're pushing, and you're not even pushing her well. But at least she's winning. Like and and it's not like you have anything else for her to do. She's been one half of the most legitimate women's tag team for the past year. Mm-hmm. She's the only logical choice to win. She's like Dolph Ziggler in like 2012 or whatever. Pretty like, much. She's like she's a shoe in, and 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 I wouldn't want to see anybody else's world champion. Give it to Liv. Give her a shot. I want to see what she can do. You know what I mean? I mean, at at this point, yeah, because on SmackDown you really don't have anybody else. I mean, you got Bianca, but how long can Bianca be the champ? And if Liv cashes in at the right time, it, it makes sense. Because even the smallest person can beat the biggest guy with the right cash in. Mm-hmm. The the only person I push for is, is, is a women's champion nowadays is just um, Shayna Baszler. So I, if I know Shayna Baszler is not going to be champ, I'm going to do what's right for business. And what's yeah, right for and- business right now is, is Liv Morgan. Yeah, and Shane is not even in the match. If Shane right. would have been in the match, I would have been gun ho. We'd yeah. be having a whole different conversation. I'd but, have been gun ho with Shane because yeah. Shane makes a more legitimate champion than Liv does. She's, nine she's t- like nine times out of ten, maybe even ten times out of ten. But as she's, it stands, she's right the now, only person I feel like has been championship material that has never been able to be champion. But it's not her fault. It's Vince's fault because it sure as hell ain't, ain't Becky Lynch's fault. You know what I mean? So especially whatever. when Becky says this was the person I should have lost to. I mean, really, dude. But whatever. I'm trying to leave that grudge alone. I'm still holding on to it, but I'm trying to let it go slowly. This, um, this is a that that's a rant for another day. I know. Yeah, like, ugh. but leaving it alone. If, as long as if Shane is not in the main title picture, the only person I'm pushing for is whoever's right for the role. And right now uh-huh. it's Liv Morgan. It has to be. She has to win. Um, I really don't see anybody else winning that I would be like great about. You know what I mean? Like no one else yeah. has momentum except Liv. No one else has a story behind them like Liv. She's, she's tailor-made for this. So unless they magic the pool, unless they manage to pull like some magical rabbit out of their ass with within the next six or seven days until money in the bank, mm-hmm. unless they do that, I don't know what the hell they're going to do. Like unless somehow magically Becky Lynch pops up, when's the money in the bank? Even then I'm still like, you still didn't even build this up for it. Yeah, there's 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 no reason to do it. Like I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't understand it. It wouldn't make sense. So, so I th- I think it's safe to say we both can hit our stamp of approval for a Liv Morgan Money in the Bank victory. Yeah, I want to watch her win. Simple as that. You want to watch her win, and you want to watch her live. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I was trying to cor- say it, but yeah. I had to be corny. I had to do it. I'm sorry. It's okay. But speaking of, well, if Liv wins, that'll be some good news. And speaking of good news, we've been saying that the women's roster needs a little bit of help lately. And I guess they're finally hearing our many months of crying for help because now they've called up Tony Storm, 
Shanti Blackheart, and Tegan Knox. Now I'm I'm okay with these three call-ups. I'm very happy with a Tony call-up. I'm very, I'm over the moon with a Tegan Knox call-up. A Shotzi call-up. Okay, sure. We need help. Bring her up here. Um, I want to get your opinion on these call-ups. Um. Well, I'm excited for Tony Storm. I feel like Tony Storm should have been called up a long time ago. Uh-huh. Um, she just kind of fits the main roster appeal. Um, Tegan Knox is great. I hope she doesn't get lost in the shuffle. Um, because her character is really, it's really great for the main roster, but it can be very dangerous if you don't book her right. Uh-huh. Kind of like a ricochet. Kind of like a ricochet. Because Tegan is very great in the ring, but her character is very... Um, Good and I wanna, Yeah. I don't want to say basic, but it's very, like, classical baby face. So... Hugger Bailey, pretty much. Right. and le- Except a little less cheesy. Mm-hmm. So there's there's space for her to be... Um, there's space for her to be... I can't think of anybody to compare her to, which is kind of a good thing. Um, She has the potential to be uh, maybe, who am I thinking of? Maybe like a Caitlyn. Okay. But if they don't, if they don't do what they're supposed to do and book her in a strong way, she could end up as live in NXT. Where where she's great, but she's just never believable. You understand what I'm saying? She's she's just there as an uh, enhancement. Exactly. Which I hope does not happen to her. But it could go either way. It depends on how they book her. But Tony Storm is a star as a heel and as a baby face. So she's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, who else did they call up? They called uh, up Shotzi. They called up Shotzi. I don't know how that's going to go. I feel um, like Shotzi's basically there to be what Ruby Riot was. Yeah, but that's the problem. <laughs> well, as long as they don't put Liv with Shotzi. Yeah, because if this doesn't work out and they just put Liv with Shotzi, this is going to be terrible. And I'm going to fuck. I mean, I'm going to go on a rant. I mean, for now, leave Tegan with not with. Uh, I was going to say leave Tegan with Nazi. Leave her with uh, Shotzi. That's what I would want. For, for right now, I mean, the, the team doesn't really work, but you, you need tag teams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like you already the, brought them up as a tag team, so... Yeah, do like the Ricochet and Alistair thing. It could work. Yeah. So so hopefully hopefully they, they take their time and they do them right, both of them, all three of them, really. Um, even though I'm not the biggest fan of Shotzi Blackheart, but mm-hmm. if they write it right, it's whatever. Because, I mean, she can kind of go. So, it's whatever. I still feel like she has to have that match that makes me appreciate her as a performer. Um, but it is what it is. I hope all three of them get a, get a, get a, get just do as far as writing goes. Um, uh-huh. Who are the male that they brought up? The males? Did they bring up any males? 
No, it was just those three for it was right just now. The three. I, I yeah. think they're. I think if they do bring up any male talent, they're gonna bring them up for Raw. Yeah, they would need to. That, I mean, that's that. Yeah, that's personally what I feel. I think if they bring up any male talent, they're gonna bring them up for Raw. Because mm-hmm. right now, ooh, I just, I just realized I remembered something that happened from Raw. Uh, Gender did his best biker taker impression. He showed up on the he showed up on a motorcycle. That's right. Didn't they beat the living hell out of Drew McIntyre? Yeah, they took his sword that came from the Loch Ness monster. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Destroy it. Burn it, please. This is what. This is why we don't so, care about Monday okay, Night okay, Raw. Okay. Okay. First of all, a family sword that came from beating the Loch Ness monster. What is this, Harry Potter? What the? F- what are we doing? Like. <laughs> There's a spell in Harry Potter for things like this. Ridiculous. Right. Like, did his family beat the basilisk? What the f- are you talking about right now? Like, <laughs> what, what kind of bullshit do you expect me to believe here? It was stored for all. They killed the monster. Are you serious? Did he also and, go to Hogwarts? This is bullshit. And they kept the sword for all those years in the Chamber of Secrets. Terrible. 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 It's, got an, it's got an inscription on it written by the Half-Blood Prince. Seamus is really Ronald Weasley. We need to just take that sword and throw it in the goblet of fire. Seriously, this is full crap. Like, what are we doing here? So thank you for taking the sword. Break it, burn it, throw it over a river. It's, it's terrible. Hold um, on, hold on. Breaking news, breaking news. Wait a minute. Wait, you just, does that mean you just gave props to Jinder Mahal? Yes. Oh my, yes. oh my lord! Listen, I'm willing to give New Gender a shot. He's got big dudes. <laughs> um, they're not the the Singh brothers, which was very unbelievable. Um, they're two big jacked Indian dudes. Gender's a jacked Indian dude. If they do this thing right, it can be like the Indian version of Legato del Fantasma, and Hashtag. Gender does not have to do a lot of work. Hashtag don't hinder the gender. Oh God. <laughs> if you can have solid C plus matches gender, I'm all for <laughs> you being I'm all for you being a mid-card champion. Because the biggest problem with gender was not that he was a world champion, it was that he was mid-card material as world champion. It's like I'll go on record yeah. saying it, he's a B plus player. Like, <laughs> like you're like great gender, the- but you're just you just don't belong on the main roster. You know what I mean? It's one of those I- things where it's not that he was a bad guy. It's just that you put him at too high of a pedestal for him. Yeah, he, it felt like when it felt like he took the world title and made it the mid card title. Exactly. So as long as you keep him in mid card, I don't care who you put him against. He's got a he's got a good squad. You got a good faction behind him. It's a good look. I'm a mm-hmm. sucker for a good look. As long as you book him right and don't give him world titles, I'm fine with Jinder Mahal. Yeah, he earned it. As far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. better than Kali. Mm. Yeah, but that's not saying much. It's not, but. At least, you know, they put a title. They put a world title on Kali, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Kali's okay. currently, Kali's a Hall of Famer. So <laughs> it's saying a little bit, you know what I mean? It's not saying a, it's not saying much, but it's saying a little bit. 
Is Kali the Hall of Famer, or is the if, Punjabi if, Playboy the Hall of Famer? Listen, if listen, if 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 Kali can make the Hall of Fame and you can be a little bit better than Kali, there's hope for you. All right, with that point, I'll, I'll give it to you on that point. You did better than Kali, so yeah, you you get another shot at a mid card title. Yeah, and he can always use that as a trump card. They can just book Kali to do what he did in the Punjabi Prison match. Yeah, true. They do have to build better Punjabi prison matches, even though the one we went to wasn't terrible. Um, yeah, I still it was, think it's, a, it's just a terrible concept for a match anyway, so they really got to sell it if they're going to do it again. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think. Who did the first one? The first one was um, Batista, right? Yeah, Batista and Kali. Yeah, it was Batista and Kali, then it was Undertaker, Kali, and then it was Jinder and Randy, right? Yep. Man, they really yeah. ran that feud into the ground too. Yeah, Batista. I think Batista had the best one. And I, I, I say Batista had the best one just because Batista literally jumped from the top of the first structure to the second structure, and mm. that was cool as hell to see six foot three, three hundred and nineteen pound Batista jump from point A to point B and actually stick the landing. But it, the major problem with the Punjabi prison matches is they never have anybody small. No. You know how amazing a Punjabi prison match if it was gender and AJ? Well, I think they can't really have anybody small because if you have somebody small, they'll be able to slide right through the fucking... <laughs> AJ's, AJ's never, sliding right through both structures. I never thought about that, but you, you, you might be absolutely right, yeah. I mean, that could be a good way to do an, to do an ending, like a close ending. Mm-hmm where gender is like already at the second structure and then AJ's still inside the first one and AJ just goes, all right, slides right out the first one and then slides out the second one just in time. Mm -hmm. That would be funny. That would be funny. They could do the edge, like pointing at his head. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, ha, dummy. <laughs> ultimate opportunist. Mm -hmm. Hey, speaking of the ultimate opportunist, I think this is the last thing I have too, but he has just been laying out the bloodline left and right. Okay, so we're we're at the point in the show where we uh we talk about the best thing going in wrestling today. Um, yeah. so following, I'm surprised they kept Jimmy on TV, but I'm not. Um, following the whole uh, where's Jay storyline, they brought them back together. Roman, great promo that he is. Um did exactly what he was supposed to do. He said, while you were here playing around, uh, I was out doing what you couldn't do and getting my right-hand man back. Um, and he embraced them. He brought them back together. He gave them this great speech about if we're going to do this, we're going to do this together as a family. You know what I mean? They both acknowledged him. Very Dom Toretto. The blood, very family-oriented, right? And now they're, you know, they're together. The bloodline is strong. Um, they just need to grab Tamina, um, break Nia Jax out of her terrible storyline, or grab Naomi out of her terrible storyline and uh, make this a, a, a conquer the women's division. But um, as it goes, it's great that they're back together. Um, this was the only other way to go unless they were going to fight Jimmy. But Edge has really been killing it in this, and, and credit to WWE writing for once. But then again, 
it probably wasn't WWE writing. It was probably Vince, uh, Paul Heyman, and Roman Reigns, because it always is them. Yeah, Vince because always has the to only have one. His... Yeah, they're the only ones doing the story. And I'm I'm probably giving most of the credit to Paul. I'm probably giving most of the credit to Paul as well, because what fantastic storytelling! Because it felt like having this feud with the Mysterios in the middle of whatever was going on with Jimmy and Jay and Roman was ridiculous, but a way to come full circle with that shit because now it's a legitimate three-on-three Edge, Ray, and Dominic against the Bloodline. Fantastic fucking And technically, technically, Edge has one of his former tag team champion partners Exactly. In his corner right now. Exactly. Me and what your dad got history. Yo, me, like, me and your dad got history, kid. I need backup. Way to do the writing justice. Like that's how you make a fucking story. Because not a lot everything of together at the end. Like, why is they having this ridiculous Ray Mysterio thing? This don't make no sense. Why would you have a hell in his cell with him? Why is he laying out Dom if Dom's not gonna because at the end of this shit? Edge is gonna find them and pull together a fantastic three man team. Yeah, because not a lot legitimate of against that. Roman Reigns. Because not a lot of people remember that Ray and Edge right. at one point were tag team champions on SmackDown. But for veterans and for like longtime watchers like us, that's a light bulb fucking moment. Like this makes so much sense. This is beautiful. This is things coming together right. You know what I mean? So credit to credit to Paul and Roman and whoever this idea came solely on the shoulders of because this all, is fucking brilliant. All good things happen when you acknowledge the tribal chief. I mean, and we got to acknowledge the the beautiful people that are putting this story together. Roman, Paul, and I'm and unfortunately, I'm pretty sure Vince has his fingerprints on it somewhere. But mm-hmm. this all reeks of Paul Heyman. And this is a this is a, a reek I don't mind smelling. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's, the it's, tribal chief is at the head of the table, and yeah. I'm okay with it. Uh, as Edge would say, it uh, reeks of awesomeness. Yes. So I'm, I'm fully on board. This makes so much sense. This makes me very happy. Um, because now uh, Dom could potentially be under the wing of two legends instead of just his dad. Mm-hmm. And Edge being able to lay out for the past three weeks every member of the bloodline is hilarious because of the ultimate dominance he's had over the over the entire bloodline and the amazing promo about Roman being scared of him. Perfect, beautiful build. Perfectly balanced on SmackDown. Seriously, it's gonna be how the tables have turned. They are really the A show now. And there's no doubt about it. Like kudos. Kudos to the real A show, SmackDown. Seriously, we've—I mean, we've been saying it for like since the, the very first draft in the two thousands. But SmackDown is the A show, guys. Just in case the, you forgot, the A show is SmackDown. The B show is NXT, and we—we we all know where you know that other show, Monday Night Bullshit, is going. Yeah, how the mighty have fallen. Mm-mm-mm. So that's pretty much all we have for you guys this week. Mr. Stevie, do you got any shout-outs you want to give out? Um, who are my major shout-outs? Shout-outs to uh, Jaded Wrestling. 
Um, shout out to Wrestling Jeebus. I believe his birthday was uh, recently. Um, okay. So happy belated to him. He's a fellow cancer. Okay. Um, shout out to Book Good Cop, Bad Cop Wrestling Podcast. Uh, you know, just just the normals. If you follow us on Twitter, we're always interacting with each other, guys. And uh, so, you know, that's all, all right. I got. That's good. So, as always, I'm going to shout out our usual IG people, fellow podcaster Bobby Rassels over at the All About Wrestling Podcast. They got an episode that just came out as well. So, when you're done listening over here, go check them out. Or if you just check them out and you're over here, Hey, congratulations on making it to the end of the show. <laughs> uh, also, I'm going to shout out those fellow uh, formerly Future Endeavored people that we just so happened to bring back. Dita Toy Hunter, Fetz Frequency, Joey Reckless, and Mrs. Jobber. And shout out to the guy from Catering, too, because you gave us some awesome food. <laughs> yeah, man, shout out to you. Always there when we need you. I know, right? Always just has that big bin full of snacks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's pretty much all we got for you guys this week. Thank you for listening. You guys are always awesome. You got any questions, comments, anything you want to say to us, hit us up on all the platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and we'll be sure to get back to you and interact with you. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. Have a good one. Stay blessed. And as always, stay, stay dangerous. dangerous.